You may have played poker, but playing poker in Texas is a different animal. This is the Texas Poker Podcast with Tyler and Clint. Hello, this is the Texas Poker Podcast. I'm Tyler. This is Clint. What's up, y'all? And we are back with episode 121. Episode 121, so uh, a little brief delay from last week. <laughs> yeah, I had a bit of a family emergency, but it's okay now. Things are looking back to plenty of poker to be played, at least. Yeah, we've actually been playing, even though the podcast is like, we've I think we've missed like a week or two in the last couple months. It's a, uh, we've actually been playing more poker than normal. Yeah, right, kind of, which is kind of weird, because normally it's vice versa, we're wondering... Because sometimes it can be hard to fit in poker in between recording podcasts, but now all of a sudden I feel like we have tons of content and haven't been able to record. <laughs> well, and it seems like you've got a renewed Viger. I know you. I played with you the other day, and you know poker can get draining at times or whatever. And for the like the first time in a while, it seemed like you were really happy to be at the table. You were really kind of energized at the table. Like you were really, I don't know, it seemed like you were feeling it lately versus others, which I think happens to all of us in the grind. I mean, that's why they literally call it a grind. No, absolutely. But <laughs> before that, we got to jump back to the Vegas trip before my, before I'm feeling good. We got to <laughs> pick up where we left off. Oh, were you not feeling good at the end of the Vegas yeah. trip? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, that's when I got back. <laughs> Where we're going, Tyler's like, I was still in the dump. Yeah, yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, this is a super weird segue for a bunch to hear about some coolers, but sure. <laughs> so, um, but I do have, this is a hand that I found super interesting that I played in Vegas. Um, I'm in the straddle with Ace King, and this is the 1-2 Golden Nugget game. Okay. Uh, a bunch of people. The limp. button straddle, correct? Um, yes. Okay. A bunch of people limp. I get so at the golden nugget you get ultimate last action. So it skips you, goes to the small blind, big blind, and then ye, and then back to you, right? Yes. Okay. So I make it fifteen, and then the small blind who flatted now makes it thirty five. Before we go in fifty, like I would think, like for a bunch of limps, fifteen seems very um, small. Sorry, um, there's a bunch of limps, but it's a late night game, so it's shorthanded. Oh, uh, okay, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking like five handed. Okay, so I make it fifteen, and we're playing pretty deep here, about six hundred effective. Okay, um, I make it fifteen. He raises to thirty five. Everyone else folds. Um, I then re raise to one hundred and fifteen. God dang, that is a gigantic re I mean, I definitely re-raising here, 100%. That is a gigantic re-raise. Yeah. Uh, he then re-raises to 389. How much was in y'all stacks at this point? That's becoming very... Uh... 600, 600 effective. So we're looking at... He flat calls, you raise... I I don't like this because this can seem trappy at times when someone's doing this when you're a, a button straddle. Uh, I think I think this is a time aces or kings could play this way, but five handed ace king is too strong. I mean, you're just ripping it, right? Um, I actually folded. 
Oh, really? Yep, yep. I actually folded, and I paid him $5 to show, and he had pocket aces. Ooh, nice fold. Yep, yeah. So I lost 115 but um, I put on here, save 600 That, absolutely. And I would say this, Tyler of the three or four years ago, definitely, but shit, Tyler of a year ago <laughs> loses 600 here, right? And Tyler of yesterday would have. <laughs> but... Um... <laughs> I was like, I've regressed. <laughs> yeah. But so I raise, he re-raises, I re-raise. That's a four bet. Then he five bets me. And I was like, wow. Yeah, you're right. I mean, this I, is a good, I mean, especially unless somebody, you've seen somebody like do this with nothing at some point. Uh, I mean, you don't yeah. see anyone do five bet with nothing. <laughs> yeah. Because we talked about this before and I uh, was an auction on the jam. I was like, it was, it was uh because our whole theory was, at best, it's like a, your best possible scenario. It's queens because someone's not doing this with jacks ever. Yeah. So it's either aces, kings, queens, or maybe a, another ace, king. But yeah, that was a really good heads up fold. So I ended up losing two hundred on that session, so, which is pretty good considering yeah. you should have lost more. Right. So that one was that one was nice. Um, you know, like you, we always say, saving money in certain spots is the same as making money. Exactly. So, um, I put <laughs> guy hit. I don't remember if last week I did. If, if last episode, I'll briefly go over it just in case I covered it. Mm-hmm. But I was at the Golden Nugget again. I mean, I basically played all the sets at the Golden Nugget because they had just so many promotions. But at my table, so I probably did say this because I was at the first session. I saw my first Royal Flush. And then the next day, I saw there was another Royal Flush at another table. And there's not that many tables. Maybe like seven? Right. And then I hit quads for before they even wrote down the quads. Someone hit quad aces right next to us. And then someone hit quad deuces like five minutes later. It was kind of crazy. Yeah, a lot of big hands being passed around. Right. Um, but then, so then here was my, um, I mean, my notes on this are not great. I put all in preflop, queens versus ace, queen. I did not win. <laughs> I'm guessing that, you had ace, queen. No, no, I had queens. Oh, did you have queens? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's sad. And then right after that, you just put uh, that you're having a boring session wherever you were playing at. And then my next, my very next hand was king, king versus aces. I lose in for a thousand. <laughs> Out for zero. So. Uh, and you had kings, right? Yes. Okay. All these hands, coolers. <laughs> yeah. So, well... I don't know. I mean, if you get queens in versus ace queen and and lose, and then you get kings to aces, not going to be a great session for you. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying. Whenever you said I seem to really be enjoying myself at the table, I was like, wow. No, I mean, <laughs> I was like, because like, I wasn't, I wasn't there anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I just, I don't know. I thought I'd never folded ace king pre flop before. I thought that was a really interesting spot. Yeah, you've always been a uh, just. Like, pilot end guy, which I agree. I definitely do agree, but I do think there is a time where you can either flat call or fold here and there with it. Uh, especially when you are just crap loads of blinds, which y'all actually did have crap. I mean, it was a 1-2 game, so 600-something behind. 
I mean, you're looking at 300 big blinds. Yeah, exactly. And like we always say, the the game in Vegas plays a lot different than the game in Texas. Yeah, exactly. So, because I'm in Texas, it's probably harder to do because people are. But really, still in Texas, not many five bet jams that are not going to be still. I oh, mean, no. like I say, you're hoping to go for a queens at best. Well, I would have been the six bet jam. He five bet to three hundred and whatever ninety. Oh, that's right. His five bet was to three ninety. Yours was a been six. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime you bring a six bet to the table, you really want to have aces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or at least kings, so you have twenty percent. <laughs> yeah. So it was. Uh, I don't know. It was pretty crazy, but um, overall, though, a good session or not good session, good trip, like good golden nugget experience. Ended up profiting pretty uh, quite a bit. Like I think like just under two thousand, maybe. That's really nice. So, I mean, especially in Vegas, playing one two. I mean, for what was a week? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a that's a pretty good profit right there. Right. Then I ended up coming right back to Texas. Had one session. Don't remember any of the hands. No, I lost four hundred just because I remember looking at the tracker. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sure there was some sort of PLO shenanigans involved, but that's true. It's kind of nice going to Vegas just where you don't have to do the PLO, right? Oh, so nice. It's a, I, I don't mind the PLO to break it up, but it's just nice having that option. It is so weird, though, like you say, in the Vegas, how it's not a time game, but people just move so much faster. That, uh, that is just the weirdest thing to me, where people can take time, and it would not really— I mean, it would be annoying, but it wouldn't cost you anything. Yet in Texas, everything's a goddamn tank, and you're paying, you know— 12 bucks an hour or so. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's just so like a few episodes ago, whenever you were sent talking about your Vegas experience, about every three bet was aces or Kings that also helped to that fold. And also when you mentioned that everyone moves so much faster there, that I really kept an eye out and I was like, man, Clint is on something about that. Yeah, it is very, which I guess you can also attest to the games, maybe sometimes not being as good. Cause it means people, like, non-recreational players, players for profit, pros, whatever you want to call them, they don't see a lot of reason for tanking a lot of times. It's, I, I mean, you kind of know what you're doing most of the time. I see mostly from recreational players, so I wonder if that could attest the game's not being quite as good. But I tell you what, sure is more enjoyable when people are moving along. Yeah, well, I mean, like I've seen this on poker videos and training stuff. Um, I mean... Your pre-flop decision should not be much of a tank, right? Yeah, absolutely not. Well, I not. mean, obviously that like three bets and four, you know, whenever it's just, are you raising, folding, or calling? Yeah, exactly. So, and I mean, if there's been, and here's the other thing. It's, to me, it's like waiting in line at McDonald's, and you're at, you're eight <laughs> people behind, and then you're it takes for freaking ever to get to the register, and person seven now starts looking at the menu. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if if it's Hold'em and it's the hijack, it's folded around to the hijack. Why are they tank folding or tank limping? You, you had time to think about it all the way. Nothing changed all the way through there. So that, obviously little things annoy me. That's one of them. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. But overall, good experience though. Um, can say the Golden Nugget's super, I mean, recreational profitable games action-packed 
Except for the morning game. The morning game, awful. That was sad. I can see that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, whenever we played all the way to like 10 in the morning, I was like, this, this is not it. I got to go. Yeah, well, I think something that might fuel it a lot is, so there, Vegas is not heavy in promos, for those of you who don't, don't play in Vegas very often. Almost none of the strips have the promos, like Bellagio, Aria, and all that. The casinos that do have them are more geared towards the regs. The only place you can go that's kind of close to the strip is Golden Nugget, who has a lot of promos, which I think would might drive some more uh, kind of action players there. I mean, their promos are so ridiculous, man. I mean, constantly giving away money and a giant bad beat jackpot, that's not even that crazy to hit. <laughs> yeah, and here's the other thing. As I, I mean, everybody who listens to podcasts knows I bitch about promos and them taking money from the game because I think a lot of promos are stupid. Golden Nuggets, I really do like. Well, right. Well, I mean, that's kind of, well, we'll just randomly bring in the Houston room. That's kind of like champions when they do that high hand of the hour every day. Is that what it is? Is it high hand every 30 minutes? Right. But that's like one. I like that more than a bad beat jackpot because you're just going to hit that occasionally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know somebody's hitting it for that matter, too. It's Oh, is that your big hang up that you don't know if? The payouts can like for me, I think like being thinking that like, well, I'll hit that more often than I'm going to hit a bad beat jackpot. So I'd rather have the high hand every 30 minutes rather than it go to the bad beat. I've never been I've never been in the poker room when a bad beat jackpots happen. I have thousands of hours played. Yeah. Right. So is that your big hang up or is your big hang up thinking that maybe, you know, that bad beat jackpot just goes in someone's pocket eventually. I would say they're part of the same thing for me. Like, you're right, and like as in this, if I'm going to pay extra money towards, which champions, this is how great they are, that's an ridiculous promo, and there is no money coming out. It's a time game, so that's just money coming right out of champions. So that's to another level of an amazing promo. But the ones I am talking about, would be if you're paying, like, say they're taking a dollar, two dollars off every hand. Uh, one is like, just like you said, you want something that you're gonna hit at least every now and then. Well, you know you're gonna get quads eventually. You know you're gonna get a high hand eventually. It's not gonna happen very often, but you get some of that money back. So th- that's one, and the other ones, like you said, like especially in Texas rooms where card rooms are prone to shut down, and the owners disappear into oblivion. If you're taking money like for a bad beat jackpot and it's two dollar a dollar two dollars every hand, that's a lot of money over time. Well, let's say this card room shuts down. Well, I mean, I, I, it's not going any. I mean, I don't know. I've never known of a room just to give a you know crazy amount of money away when they shut down. So, <laughs> so they call every player back. You're owed twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's my big thing, and especially like with some of these Texas rooms who've not paid the uh, bad beat jackpot on a technicality. I'm not going to go into if it's right or wrong on that technicality, but here's the, if the chances are you being hitting a bad beat jackpot are one in freaking a zillion. And then there's about maybe let's say a 35% chance that if you hit it, you also still don't get paid on a technicality. Yeah. To me, it's just rooms taking money out of the pot for just to put it in their uh, purse. Right. Well, I don't know. I still think that the bad beat jackpot should, I mean, I don't want to say there shouldn't be any technicalities for it because I guess obviously like if someone is dealt into, it's not supposed to be dealt in or something. 
but I mean, almost treat it more of a celebration than it is like trying to weasel your way out of paying it, you know? No, it's treated like a celebration by the players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, even for the room, I would think hitting the bad beat jackpot, even though it resets it, would still be like, I don't want to say good publicity, but I mean, if you post on Facebook or whatever that the bad beat got hit and was paid out, I oh, mean, yeah. I mean, that's, that's great. great. I mean, you all of a sudden think, well, I definitely need to go there if I know for sure that. I mean, it definitely plays a factor for me. Well, I mean, especially like, okay, let's, let's say like 101 Katie. And it's not a place that's my favorite place to play. But I will say they have hit the bad beat jackpot and they've paid it out, you know, a couple times. So at least you do know that's fair at that point. The other thing is if you're a, te- if you're a Texas room and you don't have as many tables going, as I think it needs to be easier to hit. That's that's a big one, right? Because sometimes you see some that have like two tables, and then it's something ridiculous that, like you say, is never gonna get hit. Yeah, like I think like aces full of jacks beaten should be the standard, not like quad threes or something that have to be beaten. So it's this is obviously not for Texas rooms, but I I think Golden Nuggets. Well, shoot, I don't know for sure. I thought it was any quads beat, but their bad beat jackpot was gigantic, too. So, Well, their bad beat jackpot is gigantic. One is I trust casinos to like no, yeah, pay that out more often. Uh, and there's more tables to hit it, so that it has to be more. It has to be harder to hit to make it worth it. But, yeah, that's kind of – yeah, that was my thought on it. Like, I was just thinking, like, promos probably bring a lot more recreational players to Golden Nugget. It was funny. Some I don't even know when this happened or if it was even in Texas. But um, someone was saying a bad beat jackpot story to where the bad beat jackpot got hit, but they had taken down the sign, like, to stop the promo the day before. Which, in fairness, I mean, if you stop the promo and the bad beat jackpot gets hit the next day, you have no obligation to pay it, right? Oh, correct. I mean, <laughs> but I, t- I made the funny joke at the table whenever I told them what probably happened was the dealers, they started to see that the bad beat was brewing, so the floor ran up and started unscrewing the sign <laughs> and putting it down. <laughs> <laughs> Just ripping it off the wall. Yeah. yeah. It, it in that, that promo ended 45 seconds ago. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I just thought that was kind of a funny. Because someone said that they undid the sign. I was like, were they undoing it while the cards are being, uh, while the flop happened? <laughs> Might as well have been. <sighs> but I just thought that was a funny story. That is. But I mean, like, to his point, uh, I mean, <laughs> if they don't do the, if the bad beat jackpot is canceled, it ceases to matter if you hit it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's a, uh, so, in, uh, like I say, that's just, I mean, we've gone on that a couple times, so that, but that is, those are just my thoughts on it. But like, I guess that was you. After that, you ended up back in Texas and you lost four hundred, but that's still a pretty good. Oh yeah, definitely still a good run. Yeah. Uh, I guess we can go into Maya. Your stream game, right? Who my stream game. So I've got a couple hands that were kind of interesting from this stream game. One, I guess we'll go the most debatable one first. I think I think this one's the most interesting, just because I think I played it right, and I was, and I, I tell you what, I've met opposition. I just, well, luckily, I don't really know any of these hands. So I have an unbiased opinion, other than I'm going to be on. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to be against you. <laughs> so the, a big factor is the net game is going on. It's a uh, I have king ten offsuit. The 
it comes around to me. I would not normally play this, but today I am because, well, the Nick game just changed things. Most people do too much, but you should you do have to change it a little bit. I definitely think with all this considered that King Ten off is playable. Yeah, and I think it was almost I think it was the button. I think it was the button too. So it's oh, even shoot, I'm playing that without the button. <laughs> without the knit game. No, so, go ahead. It's uh it's raised to fifteen, goes around. I think there's like like four or five people in the the flop. Uh the flop is Ace King Ten, an above average flop for me. So pre flop razor leads out for a pretty decent size. I think it was like forty five or so. Uh, there is folds around to me and I call. Ooh, I was in a race here. Yeah, and I, I know that you, you were one of the ones that was opposition to. Uh, so you said a raise here. The commentator said a raise here. My thought is once I raise here, is Ace King Ten hits his range way harder than mine. He has Ace King in his range. He has. King, he has uh, ace ten in his range. He has queen jack in his range. He has pocket I mean, aces, pocket kings, pocket tens. I mean, here's my point though: is I like the raise. If you get shipped on, you probably fold. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's why I like the raise. I mean, you kind of the strength of his hand isn't as obvious whenever you only call. I think that's. I mean, sure, you're gonna lose more my way. Like if if you raise, then he just ships it on you, and then God forbid you make a bad call and get felted. But <laughs> well, I, I think he just calls with a lot of hands that have me beat. I don't think yeah, he's shipping with Ace Ten. Yeah, I guess yeah, that probably maybe be overplaying Ace Ten really. I mean, but, Queen uh, Jack. I mean, Queen yeah. Jack seems very available in a yeah. four-handed raised pot. I still like the raise. I still think you can get value from pairs plus draws. So, uh, probably you probably can get a uh, uh, value from raise. Uh, I mean, I was more. This is one that I was looking for. I was I called looking for kind of a a decent card, and then I had position. I can either choose to raise or call the uh, turn. Here's a question: What if it's just like Deuce of Hearts and he bets again? Uh. Like, would that be a Depending raise? on his bet sizing, I don't know. I think it's still a call. I think when I raise, I mean, I think when I raise and I'm trying to get called with King-10 here. I mean, and to be obvious, this is the reason you don't play King-10. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, okay, uh, wait, wait. Continue with the story. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm getting off topic here. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Continue. Yeah, it's like. So you call, and then what happens? Yeah, it's a, I, uh, I call. The turn is. A jack. It would have been funny if you were like, deuce of hearts. <laughs> yeah, deuce of hearts. <laughs> we don't know exactly what I would have done. Uh, the turn is a jack. Obviously, this okay, is problematic. So, what's, so let's go over the board and you're holding again, just because we got off topic. And I'm sorry. I was, in, I was definitely in a small blind or big blind because he had position on me. Uh, so it's but nothing change uh, nothing really changes from uh there because I the only thing I remember is I did check to him on the turn. So the board is Ace King Ten Jack. Any Queen makes a straight, no flush draw. You have King Ten, correct? Right. Okay. I check. He bets pretty big, like a pot size bet. I think uh, I might just be done here. Honestly, just save my money. I mean, that's kind of my thought here. Mine was a fold. I will. I mean, here's the thing: is I was like, well. I'm not going to do this on 
I mean, he's not going to do this with just a random with an ace. I mean, this is just way too way too uh, wet here. Well, here's the problem: is let's say he even does this with a random ace, and then he and then you check and he like ships the river. Then what do you? I mean, are you just? I mean, you calling this off? You're calling everything off, right? I mean, four liner to a straight. I mean, you give <laughs> like not the not a great two pair. There's definitely better two pairs available. Definitely seems like. I don't know. Yeah, it seems like, like you say, you play King 10, you find yourself in King 10 off situations, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, so then when you find yourself in this situation, I think a big, I don't, I don't remember what happened in this hand, but I do think a good thing is if you're going to play King 10 to be able to also get away from it in these type of situations, because getting felted here would kind of I mean, be pretty sad, right? Yeah. It's a, uh, so I do fold, like you say. I mean, at this point, I wasn't already, with him being the preflop raiser, I already wasn't really in love. I mean, I felt about as shitty as about two pairs. I could already feel about two pair. Uh, now the few things that I thought might be beating, now, shit, there's a straight out. There. I mean, the few things I think I'm beating is like ace-queen, king-queen, uh... Oh, yeah. I mean, Queen 10. <laughs> we can sit here and list, I mean, tons of hands that just got there. <laughs> so now now I'm really stretching. Uh, and I did not get off of much opposition on that turn. Uh, most people who were studied uh, said it was a good fold on the turn, although I actually was ahead. It was a very weird bet by ace-9. So, but I do. Feel, I still feel good about that. Uh, the I still think that I took the best route on the flop. It's kind of hit and miss with what I've heard from people I've talked to. So the vast majority, the problem is when I go into like the forums of the people who I do respect on uh, like Red Chip and stuff like that. It's funny because like the problem when I go into the forums of everyone I respect, they call me a dipshit, so I ignore them. <laughs> yeah, they don't agree with me, so I go away. <laughs> yeah, uh, is it was hard to get them off the uh, idea of King Ten being a pre-flop call. Uh, if you've ever like everybody, like it's a running joke whenever you go to a poker forum. It's like just it's fold pre. Well, there's when you have the knit game, and it's a little different. There, it does change things slightly. So that was kind of an interesting spot to get in. <laughs> well, good as you got away from it. I mean, I, mean, I got away from it with the best hand. <laughs> yeah, so good to see. <laughs> Tyler's like, I was rooting from that guy. He's a guy from Florida. I, I like Florida. <laughs> yeah, so we have a lot of listeners there. Maybe he was one. Yeah, maybe he was one. He's like, hey, I've, I see her out of this dipshit place. <laughs> uh, this is one, and it wasn't the biggest hand, but it to me it does show the uh, the effects of study and how you can learn something that really kind of helps out. Uh, there is a raise preflop from fairly early position. I'm also, I think it was like under the gun. I might be under the gun plus two. I have ace-king. I three-bet, so... Probably 15. I think he went to 20. I think I went to 60. This is on the stream still? This is still on the stream. Okay. This is all the same session. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. it's uh, So he ends up calling. I have ace-king. The flop comes like 9-10 queen all spades, and I have no spade. He checks. Definitely c-betting small. C-bet small of... 80 
obviously there was something happened that I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, because the pot was at two, it was, it was 70. The pot was at two ten. So, like, How much money does Clint have? <laughs> maybe it was a four bet. I don't, I don't know. It must've been a four bet. There was more, but he, uh, he checks to me. I bet two ten. I bet 70 and he folds. And this is one of those that you just learn. Cause like learning like the third pot size bet on the flop when checked to, this is kind of a spot before I was doing that where I'm just completely gone on what to do because it seems like he's either going to have a pair or a spade here, and if you're not if you're betting a you know half pot to two thirds pot, this is just I mean just burning money, but it can take some down when he also misses like he does. What did he have? He had ace queen. Oh, okay, I mean, you know, wait he. Yeah, say it must not have been a queen out there. It was a very wet board, all monotone. I do know that, and they were all pretty high cards. Gotcha. I was thinking pretty snug fold, but all right. Yeah. <laughs> Third pot, <laughs> top top. Uh, yeah, it definitely wasn't a queen. It must have been like a eight ten jack or yeah, something. All it was spades. Like ace queen. He had the ace of spades. Tight fold. <laughs> <laughs> He's really respecting me. Here's something. I mean kind of jumping topics on you again a little bit, but I've noticed, so my whole theory on these live stream games is I would think people would play tighter just because they don't want to lose on stream, but it seems like people are just bluffing and making all the moves on these streams. Well, I think no one wants to be considered a nit on the stream and bad for the stream. I mean, I will say I feel a little bit of pressure to play looser than I would. Now, I'm not going to play too too looser just because it's it's a lot of money it's a pretty big game um, I mean, it's definitely bigger than the game we normally play so y- yeah i mean buying in for a thousand is a it's not outside of my bankroll limits but as i tell you what it's <laughs> it's, it's out getting of my, there it's out of my comfort limits <laughs> yeah so uh so yeah i i it definitely lends itself to like a think a little bit looser because nobody wants to be considered the knit and all that bad for the stream just sitting there you know nut peddling uh i remember when i played on paramount's live stream i flopped that set versus like aces and like a three-way all-in pot or something and then after that i proceeded to play like i mean not i mean just out of being card deadness i think i had like a three or nine percent vp i mean I was the very bottom by just the widest of margins. <laughs> I was like, I'm so bored. <laughs> yeah, it's re- it really gets to your head when you're card dead because you are only going to play so loose on, on a stream. So you're sitting there looking at it and you're just getting folding, folding, folding. So now it's already annoying when you're not on stream. Now you're like, everybody's watching me just fold and it looks like just, and you and you know everybody's going to look at your VPIP at some point. Be like, that dude, 4%. Like, you remember way back when, like, we used to watch a lot of their videos, uh, the vlog with th- the the vlog with the three people, Next Gen. There you go. You remember, like, the first time we saw them play, like, a live stream, and one of them was at, like, 2 or 3% at Texas Card House? <laughs> yep. <laughs> definitely not trying to do that. <laughs> yeah, well, but, I mean, like you said, I mean, when it's real money, I mean, definitely can't play too non-correctly. <laughs> Yeah, I'm still just going to play my game. Uh, and here's the crazy part is whenever you, because I just, I mean, I don't know, you put a lot more thought into like how many people are watching the stream. I assume no one's watching all the time. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, I know it's not true, but that's just what I assume. And then um, 
I oh, I don't know. I assume no one's watching it then. But if you're just every time I had a hand that was half decent, you told me that someone else had a better version of it. Like I had, you know, king queen or whatever, uh, king jack, and someone else had king queen or something. Or I had seven eight and someone had uh, eight nine. That was a prime stream. I remember that. Yeah. That was a prime. Okay. I was thinking Paramount. But uh, I just remember, like, you were saying I got away from quite a few where I was dominated. Yeah. But, like, you, but if I was thinking about that VPIP, I might be tempted to play. Yeah, absolutely. Like I say, it can, it definitely adds another element to the game. I, mean, every, I think everybody's playing, for the most part, fairly true to form, but it definitely does add another, another level. It's a. Uh, so this is going to be the biggest hand I think maybe I've ever l- lost. I don't know. Well, spoiler. But yeah. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a. Uh, I have pocket kings. I three bet. Get called. Uh, the flop is. Was it seven eight ten? Yeah, seven seven eight ten. I ch- it with a I think with a flush draw I check. So my theory here is this flop. It's a fairly aggressive opponent. This flop hits his range way more way better than mine. He has way more two pairs, two, way more sets. If I bet here and he re raises, it's gonna get weird by the end. Uh, I'm gonna have to hold on with one with one pair. I mean, I don't think it gets that weird. I think you just fold. I think I think the end comes quicker than you think. But well, well I think an aggressive opponent, you have to also know that they could be just know that they have all the hands here, right? Yeah, but I like I don't know. I still do my one third bet here. Um, if I get raised, I mean, I'm just printed money. Well, kind of the opposite of print money, but overfolding raised flops. Just because in our game, it seems like if someone raises the flop, just get out of there. Yeah, but this is a little more aggressive game. I think. No, no, I know. Yeah. I just that's just what I was kind of. That would be my normal strategy, I guess. Yeah, uh, I check and he checks. So the turn, I I don't even remember what my theory was on this turn. I think it was like a four. <laughs> my theory was, oh God, get me to showdown. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Uh, it was a check. I, I end up checking again. I think my theory here was it once I check if he has got like missed broadways, he's gonna he's folding anyways once I bet. Uh, if I check, it looks like missed ace king, ace queen, and he could bet and I could get value there. Okay, okay. I was kinda of thinking the opposite. I like I like. I was still thinking down bet just to prevent from him putting you in a spot, but I like. I'm, I'm with you here. Okay. So I check. He. He bets. Uh, I make a call, obviously. The uh, because that's what I'm Did going he bet for. Pot or? Uh, he bet. No, it was a fairly small bet. It was like a, it was like. Like a half pot bet. How'd this pocket so big? What's happening? I mean, if you raise pre-flop and then it goes check, check, and then he bets small on the turn, you're just, you're definitely not getting all in on the river here, right? Mm, you would think, right? I mean, what happened? I mean, so, okay. Okay, so, 
once uh so the turn is like a uh oh the river's like i think another four which takes so out you're thinking you're counterfeiting some, some two pairs i am counterfeit i think i am counterfeiting some two pairs uh i check thinking and i'm planning on calling any bet uh, the way i've played this i think you're calling but he jams for like two times pot i kind of him and haul uh for quite a while the way this is played I just I've underrep my hand that's, that's, so much. I was about to, I mean that's why I did not like how this was played cuz this puts you in just such a spot like played like this. Yeah, uh my thought is my hand is extremely underrepped. I mean, he could be doing this with queens or jacks and thinking he's doing it for value. Yeah, this actually might have been a four bet pot too. Actually he he did he might have raised too, but it's a uh, either way. the The pot was I remember at this point was like four hundred, and he jammed for like seven six like seven. I I think he jammed for more. He's always playing super deep. I think I had like seven seventy behind. Uh, I mean I'm beating pretty much everything here except for a set. Do you call here? <sighs> Um, as, I mean, I don't play it that way, so I never get here that way. I mean, so that would be one thing. Um, the problem with playing it the way you played it is I think you kind of have to call because you unwrapped your hand so much. It's my thought, yeah. I mean, because, like, you really kind of, I mean, and, like, again, seems like this is, I mean, how I say people whenever they raise the flop. When they 2x the river, they normally got it, too. Well, <laughs> okay, I, I, I missed a huge point, too. This is probably the most aggressive opponent I've ever played at against. Because when I ran this by everybody, they're like, well, this is... I'm like, well, they're like, most people don't have overbet pot in their range as a bluff. I'm like, this dude does. 100%. There are times this is stone-cold nothing. Okay. So. Uh, yeah, which... Makes how this was played even time. I mean, yeah, you just got yourself in just this, just the biggest pickle ever. Well, I, which is weird because I played this literally to not get in this pickle. <laughs> oh, I mean, I feel like you played it to get just in this pickle. I mean, I feel like you played it to where I knew this pickle was coming. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, I like when I was checking on the f flop and turn. You're thinking that's kind of pot control. You definitely don't expect when you're trying to control pot to get it all in for eight hundred two times pot on the river. No, but I do expect when I check twice to a super aggressive opponent, they're probably gonna overbet. Which makes when you which if that's the theory, then you definitely have to call. Oh, but I mean that's why I didn't want to do it. <laughs> because <laughs> I don't like this spot at all. That's why I didn't like that. I almost think you control the pot more by betting one third. Because it still looks like you have something. Here it looks like you have ace king and he could just be bluffing you with just randomness. I mean, this seems like you said, this is going to be nuts or nothing. I think, what, 20% of the time it's nothing. I think, but you said, I mean, I don't know this player, though. Um, I'm, shoot. I mean, obviously, I think, I think it, I mean, I would never, how, as played, I'm sure you shrug call, but um, I don't know. I mean, it's I mean just, an, a super underrepped hand at a low SPR against a super aggressive opponent. I think you just, like, all those add up to this has to be a call, I think. What did he end up having? He flopped a straight. He had 
That's tough. Um, <laughs> so, so in all honesty, no chance whatsoever am I ever not getting stacked on this exact hand. Do you don't think if you bet one third and he raises, you can get away from it sometimes? I don't think so. No, I mean he's gonna have, he's gonna have a lot of nothing when he does that sometimes. Especially on like on these small bets when you do them like aware players will pounce on that. You definitely can't be betting a third pot just to fold to any raise when you have yeah. a over pair. Just beating some over pairs. Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough spot. Definitely interesting player type for sure. Yeah, it's uh so I I don't mind the way this I uh, played this. I don't mind it played out. Uh, like at first I did not like the turn check. But Me now, either. but now thinking, I was like, well, I do think I had some reasoning behind the check. It, it definitely could. I was definitely trying to get a bluff out of him with like missed, with like a missed uh, Broadway card. And as long as my reasoning is sound, it's like you say, if the reasoning is sound, it's well thought out. It's you really usually don't mind it. Well, here's the other thing too: is like, I mean, if he has six nine here, he definitely has, you know, pocket threes, fours, five, you know, we can just list a whole bunch of random. I mean, if you have six, nine in a four bet pot, you say, or if he four bet you a six, nine, or he called a three bet or whatever. I mean, all the combinations of cards seem to probably be available, which means, which would then lend me more towards the call not being as bad. Yeah, it was, uh, oh, you know what? It was a four bet pot. That's how it inflated. He three bet this hand and I four bet him with Kings is that's how it got so inflated. Uh, yeah, he well that was that was a problem with the check. He's like I know he's got all the two pairs on this flop. I mean I really didn't think a straight. I did not think six nine. I th- I thought that would be, I thought there would be a cutoff there. Uh, but I'll tell you what, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's the nature of getting stacked. I mean, you're definitely not normally right. Uh, so actually, I don't know if that was the biggest pot I've ever lost because I ace king hand at the un- end of that one live stream <laughs> was probably pretty close. They were probably about the same. They were probably very close. I just, am j- I mean, if I get on a live stream, you break the goddamn windows to get on that stream with me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that. I've definitely made different decisions based on player type. So obviously, you know, you play differently whenever it's someone to that extreme, but. Kind of, a, I mean, super tough spot though. Either way, it's a. Uh, there's another one. It wasn't really that interesting. I end up flopping. I end up raising pre-flop. It's a multi-way pot. It checks all the way around. The it was a monotone board for a flush. The uh, I was in late position. Checks all the way around. I turned the nut straight. Obviously, there's flushes available. Checks all the way around to me in late position again. I bet get called. Uh, a, a river that makes a four, like a one card straight. So now I'm kind of counterfeited a little bit on my straight. I definitely think you're kind of, I mean, yeah. Uh, I still think I should go for value here. I do. I get re-raised. I think it's just him pushing me off the same hand now. I call and he actually flopped a flush. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind this. Yeah, this was... one, this one is like one of the ones. See, this is the one where I think it'd be more ex, like not exploitative, but it would be more not a leak. I think you could be exploited if you're folding here. Is yeah, kind of more my thought because I mean, he could be doing this the same thing with one whatever spade, whatever it was, right? Because that that I mean, he could definitely get here, see four cards to a straight, and sitting there with one single spade and be like, well, I mean. 
what am I going to do? I got to bet. Yeah. So I don't, I don't mind this at all. I think this is just, I mean, really not even a cooler, just kind of a shrug, like kind of, I mean, I just don't mind it at all. I don't mind any of it. So, well, I think it's just like, like, if you, like I don't know if it's well played by that player or not, but it's well played for how the call, like what my hand is. <laughs> yeah. Well, a, I, I mean, like it's one of those ones where like you do have to have some defending range, right? Like you can't just get blasted off of everything. And this is one that like, I do like the call. Yeah. Cause well, if I don't randomly hit the straight and he's checks to me all the way in late position again, I just check back. So he's flopped a flush and literally getting one street of value on the river. I hit the straight. So it's a brilliant move at that point. So <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> my strategy requires me flopping a flush. You would you say turning a straight? Yeah. I mean, I'll just write this plan up all the time. And I'll let you know whenever it works out for me next. <laughs> It's going to work out next hand. Uh, guess what? That's my strategy every single time I play poker and I get two suited cards. <laughs> oh my, I need a flop a flush. Clint needs a straight. Let's see what happens. Well, pretty good. Uh, so that's it was a pretty hurtful. It was the biggest loss I've ever had at one time where I lost $2,000 on the live stream in front of everybody. Oh, this is actually I haven't gotten to the good part. Oh, there's a better part in there's the way. a better part. We we end up playing the knit game. So, I end up getting in a heads-up pot with the other guy who's got the last knit button. And he ends up taking me out. So, I then <laughs> bust out my 2000 and have to go to the ATM just to fucking... <laughs> Grab two hundred more dollars so I can come and dump them on the table, and then say goodbye, y'all. I'm I'm broke. I don't know. I mean, definitely my bankroll's not busted, but I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not going for three thousand. I, mean, I already know how tilted I am. So that was. I mean, fairly humiliating. That would be humiliating if it wasn't on a live stream. Oh man, I gotta go back and watch this. Tyler's like, is he crying? Zoom it in more. Is there a tear? <laughs> yeah. Well, I've always wondered, like, in the Nick game, if you lose the Nick game, do you have to come back and pay? Uh, well, I sure did. I mean, it definitely seems like everyone does. But <laughs> I tell you what, I don't think I'm going to be invited back if I don't. <laughs> uh, I have no more money. <laughs> no more money? You took all the money. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Clint just walks in there, tosses his old shoes on the table, and walks out. <laughs> yeah, you want my shirt? <laughs> so, well, I guess I'll give a a little. I guess it would be like a teaser for next episode. Um, I hit quads. That's cool. And then in a different game, I played the highest stakes PLO I've ever played on a whim and a, just hoping to get unstuck. So I ended up playing. Five, five, ten, three-handed PLO. Sounds like great poker strategy. <laughs> so, it sounds like good bankroll management. <laughs> yeah, so that'll be you know at least exciting for that. I mean, it was like, you know how it always starts: one, three, six PLO that then turns shorthanded to five, five, ten PLO. Yeah, that's a that's awesome. That's a. <laughs> Make sure to get their bankroll roll management tips from Tyler uh, next week. <laughs> yeah, because I always remember when I was sitting down, I was thinking, like, it's probably weird because I probably do have the least amount of, like, 
would it be like strategy slash education in this game and it seems like a massive game <laughs> i remember thinking like i wonder who like that's how you definitely know you're the fish in this game because <laughs> i remember thinking like, i don't even know if i have a strategy at least it was huge stakes to be a uh for our bike rolls to uh to be a fish in that's great yeah but i mean if you're gonna pick when you're gonna run good i went from the one three table running bad to i mean if you can pick when you're gonna run good that's the time. Oh, 100%. All right. This concludes Texas Poker Podcast. Talk next week. That was the Texas Poker Podcast. Go ahead and rack up. Add time, and we'll see you next week.